Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. All right, continuing with the uh, the laws of Akhsharat Kelim. <clears throat> Isn't it? here has an interesting discussion with regards to uh, metal utensils nowadays. He says, A question arises in our days with regards to metal objects, metal utensils. No question that in the days of the Talmud, metal objects had the ability to absorb and the ability to uh, emit. There is no doubt that it was true. And that's why it was made If you cook treif in a metal pot, the pot absorbs taref. And before you kosher it, you, uh, you cook some kosher meat, even if you would have uh, cleaned the pot properly, we're worried that maybe that it would uh, acquire some taste of the forbidden foods. If there was a responsible, uh, trustworthy goy, and tasted the dish, and he saw that there was no taste of treif, they but if there was no trustworthy goy, we were machmir to uh, to uh, calculate the walls that they were filled with uh, forbidden taste that now was emitted and injected into the dish. Since there's not 60 times the volume uh, of the uh, of the walls of the pot, This is what we spoke about already. There's no question that this chumra was based on the actuality that they that they've discovered back then. Even if you clean the pot well, you're going to taste something. However, conversely, it is known amongst people today. That after you clean the pot nowadays, you have no taste of what you just cooked prior. And as much as you're going to try, you're not going to taste the 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 lasagna in the that you made yesterday in your uh, in your London broil that you're going to make today. You're not tasting it. It has also been clarified through lots of investigation. That what is absorbed in metal and glass utensils today is so small, so minute, that there's no way in the world that that's going to be affecting your food. What happened in the last few generations where this changed? 
that it seems that the, the answer is based on technology. Rashid, in the past, we weren't able to pour the metals through this vacuum tube. I guess how they made metals. In which, um, through the nozzles, we're able to um, help create uh, thicker walls. It could be that the, the metals were less pure. And the alloys were able to absorb taste. Shenit, more than that. The, the actual walls of the Kli were rougher. It was very difficult to remove anything that was left over from the walls. Shelishit, third. Um, that there was actual part of the taste that was stuck as a result of the grease that uh, that was stuck onto the walls. And even though we still have this issue, now that we have developed special dish soap, Okay, within the last hundred years, the chibura batim lemaim zormim as well with running water. Nitan beezrad maim vesabon imatlit kartuf with a scrubber laasiyet ashumanim valichluchim adevokim lati. Yeah, all right. So now we have four times as strong dish soap. Okay, we have a scrubber. You have a running water, continuous hot water. Okay, and there is going to be nothing left of your of your uh, previous dish. Okay, so now that's, that's the reality. So now, does that change the halakha, knowing that there's nothing that is going to affect the dish? So if I cooked meat in a, in a pot just not long ago, can I use that pot, a metal pot for dairy, when I know it's not going to affect, the holy sewer is gonna, it's, that, that we're saying is going to affect my milk pot. But now I'm saying there's no way it's going to affect my milk pot because nothing absorbed. And even if there's absorbed, it's... There's no way you're going to feel or taste anything. So yes, to Anim, there are those that claim, that since nowadays the metal, right, like the, for the reasons we said, don't absorb and, and, and uh, emit uh, taste. Therefore, there are those, and, and since there are those, like we mentioned yesterday, there are those that allow uh, meat and milk for glass, right? We gave the Mekil opinion. Allow meat and milk for glass. Same for metal. There are those that hold. You have your forks, you have your knives, okay? That are used for milk and meat. Give it a good clean, okay? It's the same status as glass. It's not going to absorb much. You're cleaning it well with the soap. And that's it. Leave me alone. Finished. And there are these same people will say that you can just clean your pot well if you cook treif in it. You clean it well, okay? Nothing's absorbed. And uh, that's it. Not more than this. They would hold that even the Rishonim that were strict with uh, glass if they would know today that the glass doesn't absorb, they would for sure agree with the people who permit it. 
Because the whole essence of why we're making it asur is because of the taste that is absorbed. And if there's no taste absorbed, I just clean it. Why do I have to dip it in boiling water for? That's one side. Conversely, almost all the rabbis hold that you're obligated to kosher a utensil that you cook treif with. And, or, and that you are obligated to kosher a, um, a milk pot where you cooked meat in it or, or the opposite. Why? Because since the custom for so many generations has been to kosher metal with hagala, dipping in hot water or libun or with blowtorching, it's an obligation to continue this minhag. More, that the rabbis also enacted further decrees over the years to make a separation, to increase a separation between basar and chalav, to prevent man from stumbling. And that's why they went further to say that we don't mix meat and milk together even when they're not being cooked. And you can't even eat milk after meat. You can't eat milk when people are eating meat at the same table, and vice versa. You're not allowed to cook dairy bread, bake dairy bread. You're not allowed to bake meat bread. Lest you come and eat it with the, op- with the other type of food. All this was Chachamim instituted. So, because of these takanot, it has been established that we don't use the same kelim for meat and milk. And, and not with treif pots for kosher foods. And just like we established the rules with a metal pot that does emit the taste, so too we will establish the same rules for a metal pot that doesn't. And if we're not strict with this, you might come to cook kosher foods in a trave pot that is not clean. Or you're going to cook milk in a meat pot and the meat pot isn't clean. And then you're mamash being over an isur in the Torah of cooking basar bechalav. So let's sikum to summarize. Most of the, uh, the rabbis of the world, even though we do know that a metal pot does not give off the taste like it used to thousands of years ago, the obligation to dip our, our pots in, in case they were, became non-kosher still remains in place. Whether it's regard to the importance of keeping the masoret, or with regards to the foundation of all the, the uh, takanot that the chachamim established, in order to prevent us from stumbling into chasve shalom, transgressing an avera from the Torah. We'll stop here and we'll continue tomorrow.